Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Hey everyone, welcome to Elijah Streams. Today's Monday, October 3rd, 2022. I'm your host, Kelsey O'Malley, filling in for Steve Schultz today. I'm so glad to be on with you guys on Monday because I get to be with Johnny Edlow. And um, we have this, this series has been going now strong for a while. And for some of you, Monday is your favorite day with us. You know, we stream Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern time. And these series, I mean, Johnny's doing an incredible job on here, sharing so much truth, so much prophetic revelation. We do have some questions that you guys sent in. If we can get to them, we'll see. Johnny said that he has a lot of brand new information for us today. Hey, maybe this is your first time here with us. Welcome to the show. We stream on Rumble. Uh, We stream on Facebook at Elijah List or Elijah Streams. And we also stream um, at ElijahStreams.com. You can watch us live there. We're not currently on YouTube, but we'll keep you updated. And so thanks so much for being here with us each day. All you guys who are so loyal to us, we love you guys so, so very much. So without any further ado, let's start Johnny and Lo Unfiltered. 49 hours declaring it a riot. My message hasn't changed. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You must from now on target darkness in your society. We are almost there. The pain is for the awakening. The awakening is for your children. Hey, Johnny, how are you? Hello, Kelsey. I'm doing good. Good to see you. Good to see you. So happy to be on. You know, Johnny, I was thinking, I was thinking this morning, every time I see Johnny, he has so much joy and so much peace. And there's such a satisfaction that is in your soul, but yet you're revealing such, it's like the truth is really, it can be very wicked and evil, but yet you have this resting peace and this resting joy. So how does that happen? How are your thoughts not get getting overwhelmed with all that you know? <laughs> well, and I have to tell you, Kelsey, even today I, I have, this has been one I've been anticipating. I've received so much, you know, part of my concern is, am I going to share it as good as God shared it um, with me? Because I am even more excited, more happy with the things he's been sharing with me. And that's really the difference. You know, it's the perspective of living off what he shares versus what the enemy is revealing or sharing or what, you know, what seems to be the facts on the ground, kind of that 10 spy versus two spy perspective. It's not that they were seeing, yeah, it's not that they were seeing out and out lies. They were just seeing facts outside of the context of God's narrative and what he was actually doing. And so Caleb could say, they are bread for us. They will be bread for us. We are well able. This is a land that flows with milk and honey. So it's it's not about you know being in la-la land and not being aware of the enemy. Like you said, I'll speak into what the enemy is doing often and where he's at, but it's just, um, it's a pitiful excuse for uh, for resistance when you compare it to who our God is and what he's doing in his storyline right now. And that's what I want to get into uh, a, a bit. You know, this is an exciting time we've been going through. I've been blowing the shofar every day. We're in the Feast of Trumpets, and um, we spoke into that a week ago, Rosh Hashanah. And then actually it's a big day. Tomorrow, I believe, is the beginning of Yom Kippur, 
otherwise known as the Day of Atonement. And, you know, for those of you remembering Prophet uh, Bob Jones, who would speak of the shepherd's rod, and um, actually he would release kind of a prophetic thing for, for the year, for many years, called the shepherd's rod. And he would speak into uh, a reality that would exist where shepherds would have their sheep come under the rod and they would look at the sheep and basically it would be a, a determination time, which, you know, what what needs to be done for them? Are they are they thriving? Do they go back to the pasture they needed to do? They knew to need to do a different pasturing application for us. Yeah, we go under the shepherd's rod at this time. These been supposed to be 10 days of um, not navel gazing so much, but yeah, taking inventory of where you're at who you are, what's going on, does there need to be an adjustment made? And so then the Lord makes some decisions that over us for the day of atonement that are basically our direction for the next year. It's like you can now go to this. To make it an, um, a really understandable perspective, it's sort of like school. It's like at the end of the year, do you, okay, you did finish fifth grade, you can go to sixth grade. Or, well, you know what? We're we're going to do fifth grade again. And so, um, you know, we don't want to do fifth grade again. So you have a few hours to, you know, do your, your, your crash course studying to make sure, you know, I don't know if that's the way you work it or not, but anyway, it's an important time. It's a very important yeah. time and a time where we will feel, I've already felt the, the shift in the spirit of this new year and what it's bringing in. And there's always, what the enemy tries to bring in, knowing uh, that he wants to counter what God's doing. And then there's what God is doing and releasing. That's what I want to uh, uh, speak into. Before I get into that, um, uh, just I have to make a couple of comments. One is, and I had to put that in my notes, so I wouldn't forget it. But I had mentioned last week about there was going to be, or in the prophetic word that was released even on Elijah list, we were going to see pictures of well, eagles, rainbows, lions, those were some of the things that are going to be highlighted over the next season, particularly in this uh, interchange, uh, this in between, this transition into the next year on the Hebraic calendar. And so that people would be seeing eagles in unusual places and, uh, you know, where it wasn't the norm for it's not Homer, Alaska, it's somewhere else. And you're like, we never see eagles. And all of a sudden I saw an eagle. Often it's just an eagle when it's particularly the majestic bald eagle, it's it's an eagle. And then there would be uh, rainbows and double rainbows. And there would be, people would identify in the clouds. It just looks like lions, sometimes eagles, but sometimes lions. And these would be the Lord announcing he's he reigns. He reigns in the midst of everything that's taking place right now. And he's bringing this jubilee season, extended years really into fruition. And so I have been getting so many pictures and so many reports <laughs> of just that already. And at some point, I, I don't I have too much other because uh, it might take a whole show just to enjoy it. But the pictures are beautiful. The stories are beautiful Aww. of that. So we do want to celebrate with that at, at some point. But it's it's been quickly um, fulfilled. God's been confirming part. his word. Yes, God has been confirming his word. And so that's that's exciting. And just to comment on. uh Brazil and its election, Bolsonaro, you know, you had the, we'll say the local expert pundits were saying, you know, he was going to lose by 10% yeah. or more than, and Lula, who's the socialist and a previous president, 
previous president to Bolsonaro, and he was he was going to win. And even with deep state rigging, it's incredible what's already within 24 hours of the election, the picture that's already before the people, they're now commenting in Brazil as well as there's this dynamic, okay, first of all, for he didn't win or lose the way the election works there. If, if nobody has 50%, they there's a runoff October 30th. So there's an October 30th runoff between Lula and Bolsonaro, but that's real good because essentially just like there's rhinos here that are used by the deep state, he had the people supposedly from his side the conservative side of things, uh, they got their three or four strongest candidates to steal, some, you know, to pull off some of his votes. And and then, of course, then the left brings in their strongest one. And then there's this dynamic that all of Bolsonaro's candidates, governor, mayor, all over the place in the nation, one, 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 they won big. And mm-hmm. supposedly they're to believe that people that voted in governor's and mayors and other po- uh, political positions under Bolsonaro that they likewise voted for Lula. The only way the numbers make sense, even within 24 hours of the election, is sort of what we saw here in the States. It's like, how do, how do all the races at the congressional and senatorial level get won by Trump, but somehow he didn't win the presidential of that state? You, it's understood yeah. that there has been fraud. So there is no doubt at all that there's been fraud in, in Brazil. And I'm praying, and and for those who want to agree, I just think this is something good to target. I think we have a big victory waiting for us for the body of Christ. Carry Brazil in your heart. Pray, decree, declare. Again, it's let's, a month let's away. Pray, let's pray right now if we have a minute, just all together. Yeah. yeah. Lord, we just pray right now for the nation of Brazil. I thank you for your heart for that nation. I thank you, Lord, for the things you've shown me over that nation, that they really have a call to lead, as it were, on the mountain of of religion and and be those who showcase the new move of the spirit, those that have a pure expression of revival and reformation coming together and those that will take the lead in expanding that around the world. Lord, we thank you for encouraging your sons and daughters that are there at this time. And I ask, Lord, that right now there would be a release of a whole new contingent of angels, even to expose the fraud of this last bit, that we don't even have to wait till October 30th, that there would be such proof, overwhelming proof and confession, even by those who have been involved in the theft and in the fraud, that this thing gets settled even before October 30th, Lord, that it's done. Uh, those that have been guilty in the steel would be exposed and that you would um, secure your servant, Lord. He is a man of God. Uh, Bolsonaro is a man of God. His wife's uh, an amazing daughter of God. And they carry uh, they carry your purposes for their nation and for the nations of the world. Lord, I know you've shown me and many people know that he is a very key um, friend, partner of President Trump and what you've called him to do at the global level as well. But they're both ultimately serving the purposes of your kingdom. So let your solutions be released over Brazil even right now. Strengthen your people that are there. Release angels that bring truth and uh, erase blindness from the hearts and minds of children, of your children there. Thank you, Lord, for that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, um, so that's a good thing. And just, uh, you know, there's a couple other, uh, we'll just, I'll throw them out there anyway. The Antarctica quakes continue. There was one today. 
5.5. There was a 6.7 last week. Just, you know, this was the ongoing prophetic word from over a year ago that the Antarctica would not stop shaking with earthquakes like they didn't have. You know, this is not a norm for them. As, as long as justice, the wheels of justice are turning, this would be kind of a sign for us to know this is what's taking place. And it's also uh, the Lord letting those people, because this is it's secretive, it's covert. We don't know all that's going on in, in Antarctica, but there are there is darkness and foolishness that has uh, found a nest and they think a hiding place even from God there. And God is just showing them over and over and over and over. They are not hidden from them, him. And he is shaking them. And he probably has a big shaking, uh, a bigger one than what they've experienced to this point. And they've had some big ones in the last year from a, a nine to 7.7s and 6.7s uh, all around there. I don't know what it's done so far, but I know he's like, hello, I see you. Um, you're not hiding from me. You're not winning. You're not escaping. You don't have the ideal covert place you think you have. You don't have your, uh, you know, your, your hole of hell here that, uh, that I can't penetrate. And so I believe he's letting them know that in his, in his own way. So, you know, there's just so much of that type of news out there, you know, report that Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook has actually dropped out of the top 10 of richest men in the world that he's lost $70 billion in personal well, the fact that he would have that and still has a bunch is its own level of travesty, you could say, own level of things being out of order, but a loss of 70 billion more or less in the last year. And Facebook's shares, and you know, there this is part this is part of uh, the future for not just them, but many others who have you know given themselves over to advancing the cause of darkness. They're being yeah. exposed. And it's going to continue. And so that's just a little example. Really, I could I could go on too long with a lot of those. But what I want to the part that's really got me excited and you you, you all know now that, you know, getting extracting messages from God and horse racing and sports events, and sports things have been exciting. Last week I was telling about, you know, how there's Aaron Judge who was hitting his 60th home run, which tied him with Babe Ruth. And he was looking to get his 61st home run. And which would tie in with Roger Maris, number one for being first place in baseball, particularly American League. And then if he, he overcomes that, you know, he hasn't it hasn't happened yet. So at the time, it's right at the time he hit his 60th home run. So I said 60 was the focus, the goal. And Isaiah 60, the connection, arise, shine, your light has come, the glory of the Lord has risen upon you, et cetera, et cetera. Won't repeat the word from last last week, but there was just this uniqueness of, Aaron Judge being 30 years old and being number 99, which we then took to Psalms 99, our God reigns and how he reigns. And again, look at that if you if you want to be excited about it, how even their listed weight where I looked at it was exactly the same of 280 pounds. Aaron Donald and Aaron Donald was, uh, you know, he was the Super Bowl, Super Bowl champions, uh, you know, star. He did the sack. And I had written a post about that right after the Super Bowl where Donald Sachs, because his name is Aaron Donald, Donald Sachs Joe for Super Bowl, Super Bowl win. And then the picture, I don't know if it's Emily pulled it up. Somebody else pointed out to me is amazing. I meant to do the due diligence on that as well. They put up the picture of Aaron Donald, number 99. And, um, and, and you know, it showed the shofar, like the ram's horn was part of 
them. Anyway, super exciting last week. Go see that. But what I hadn't noticed, his position is defensive tackle. So it's listed on that very picture y'all put up last week was a DT for defensive tackle. But they're pointing out DT is also Donald Trump. So there is, um, you know, that was super exciting. Just how the, I was like, how does the Lord pull off to have two errands <laughs> that, are named, that are number 99 and, and Aaron Donald was 30 when he did that. And Aaron Judge is 30 when he does this. And they weigh the same. There we, okay, let's see if they have the DT. That's the exact. Okay. Yep, Aaron Donald DT. So it's like telling Aaron Donald is Donald Trump. And he sacks Joe. Like, thank you. For that. So, <laughs> I so, love just that. Leave, just leave that for a minute. I mean, isn't that just the most amazing? So there's the shofar picture on the, the ram's horn. This is a time for Jubilee. I said this is ex- extended and expanded time and then you put it all together los angeles the angels donald 99 psalm 99 player of the year i was like wow. so i'm already but again it's like the lord one-ups himself with what's just taken place and so i didn't get you all to get pictures of this probably should have but um, and, and if emily figures out how to put any I, I don't even know what picture i would want on this but now we're going to talk about the number 61 because aaron judge did hit his home run number 61. And in the kindness and goodness of God, I really haven't been locking into the Yankees game at all. He plays for the Yankees, but I've been excited about him hitting his 61st home run. And I kind of just turned on the TV and, and lo and behold, Aaron Judge is up to bat uh, <laughs> days ago. What a coincidence, Johnny. <laughs> what a coincidence. <laughs> and he happens to hit home run number 61. And it was just unbelievable, the joy in the place. He, you know, he's from the Yankees, and it was at Toronto, but Toronto had to do nothing but just cheer for him. And in the stands, he had his, uh, his mom and, and given a hug to Roger Maris's um, son, Roger Maris Jr., because Roger Maris is the one who had the original record. But here's just the numbers, and I try to keep – just a simple numbers, easy to remember as it relates. And then what they mean, because the message is what's so powerful. There's a message and a timing to a message. That's the stuff that's making me ecstatic for right now, because it speaks right into now and a message that the Lord has released. So who is Roger Maris? So he was a New York Yankee outfielder as well. He's the one that broke Babe Ruth's record in 1961. So remember, now we're talking about, so a focus is going to be Isaiah 61 here. And and so presently, right now, in real life, real time, Aaron Judge has 61 home runs. He hit his home run number 61. And so he tied the record of Roger Maris. And it was funny because I'm watching the home run. So he said the home run record that Roger Maris hit in 1961, 61 years ago. So it was 1961, 61 years ago that he hit home run number 61. And it was in game number 161 of the year that wow. he, he did it. And Roger Maris, his number was number nine. And so Aaron Donald, I mean, Aaron, well, both Aaron Judge's number is number 99. So there's the nine was 61 years ago. And then the 99, it's the double, it's really the 10 times. It's the 10 times uh, uh, jump in importance what's just taking place with, with Aaron, Aaron judge, uh, yeah, Aaron judge. So okay, again, Roger Maris in 1961 in game number 161, 61 years ago, hit home run number 61 to break Babe Ruth's record. 
And then this, during the Feast of Trumpets, during Rosh Hashanah, Aaron Judge, again, the emphasis we talked last week. Again, I recommend you hearing. I don't want to repeat the message, but what Aaron represents, Aaron represents going from dark to light. That's what his name literally means. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com and click the Donate Today button. Uh, Going from dark to light. And so he's also the priest of the Lord. And then uh, this thing of judge and the Lord judging and the Lord being uh, the God of justice right now are what were emphasized uh, strongly. So here's... uh, Okay, I'm going to add this. Some of you, if this is just too much for some of you, too many things to to process on your grid. But some of you, this this is to me is pretty pretty simple as well. Again, the Lord focusing on this name Aaron for again the important character, defensive player of the year in football, Super Bowl, uh, uh, you know, makes the big play. Aaron Donald. That's from American football, and and so that's one of the Aarons. So then you have Aaron Judge. He's, he's playing for the first place in his division, the New York Yankees. So there's two different sports even um, uh, going there. And then there's just, so it's Aaron Judge just defeated, just overtook Roger Maris um, in his record that he had. So Roger means um, received and understood, you know, Roger. And so it's received and understood. And his last thing, Maris, well, just, just the quickest thing. It just really ties into, it means of the sea. And we have maritime law has been being merit, because that's what the maritime means from the sea. Maritime law has been what's been running this nation illegally, really, since 1871 and some portions later on. It's when we ceased being a republic, we were sold out as a corporation and so in the corporation, they went ahead and implemented and spliced in maritime law and somebody else could speak into it more. And it would take a whole program really to go to go into that. But this Roger Maris no longer is the record holder. It's now Aaron Judge. And so then the most valuable player in all of football last year, really the last two years, is a quarterback named Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers. So there's Aaron Rodgers put together. So the Lord is saying, are you getting the message, message heard and received? Are you getting the message about Aaron? We're going from dark to light. And so that's, it's not about focusing on these because he's, you know, Aaron Judge, from what we understand, is even a wonderful Christian, a man of character. I believe Aaron Donald is a man of character from what we know. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is just a character. And, and but they they don't, are, get, don't get sports fans upset here, Johnny. <laughs> I actually like I've liked Aaron Rodgers uh, a, a long time, and I know he comes from a Christian family. But he's we'll just say he's been exploring, and and so it's not about people who don't understand how the Lord uses these as you know actors and actresses, and, and they're not actresses there, but in a play, and he, he's giving a message. And yeah. So he has three Aaron's, Aaron Donald, eh, then he has Aaron Judge, but if Aaron Rodgers, right after this, there's highlighted him, and again, he was the most valuable player of the league for football, and and so he's like, are you getting my message? Aaron 
is about, again, his, his name is about bringing light. And we'll, for our purposes, we'll just to simplify it, going from dark to light. This is the season we're in. This is what's happening. And so by him targeting uh, this, this, this time period of Rosh Hashanah, Day of Atonement coming, this might be when he breaks, you know, the record goes, it doesn't really matter to 62. There is, he's taken a long enough time. He was at 60 a long time. He's been at 61 a long time so that those two numbers get highlighted in an unusual way because Isaiah 60 and Isaiah 61 have been the primary prophetic chapters for us, for the body of Christ, for the kingdom of God on earth for a long, long time. But he's telling us now there is an acceleration there is an error in time. These the, the light from this is now being being revealed. And so I want us to look at some things in Isaiah 61. And it's well known in a lot of ways, but I want us to think through a different grid. And, and there is like we have often limited what God wants to do because we haven't seen enough. Yes, those who know we can go almost by memory. Isaiah 61, 1, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, depending on what version of the Bible you have. He has anointed me to bring good news. Yes, this is about us carrying the good news out. Jesus saves, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm going to tell everyone right up front, and then we're going to look at some of these verses, that Isaiah 61 really would be more, and as much more what we would call through our grid, if you understand through the paradigm I bring and different ones of the seven mountain mandate, which is God in every area of society, not just the God who saves souls, but the God who reforms every area of society, the God who has solutions for every area of society. You know, the seven mountains, media, economy, government, education, family, arts, entertainment, as well as the mountain of religion. So it goes beyond seeing him through the grid of a mountain of religion, which is people getting saved and thinking of good news being the good news that Jesus saves. Obviously, in Isaiah 61, in just very pragmatic view of it shows us that it can't be talking about Jesus saving because he had not, you know, he had not paid the price on Calvary at that point. Well, you could say he's, it's looking ahead prophetically, but when we look into it, we'll see the good news of the kingdom is not just that Jesus saves is not just that he'll give you an eternal home. Once you get done with this, Oh, horrible life here. The good news is on earth as it is in heaven kingdom come. And so this is what Isaiah 61, this is the the message of the errands is we're going from dark to light as the sons and daughters of the king arise and shine. That's Isaiah 60 and begin to embrace this assignment to allow his glory to be seen on us. Not while we're trying to escape, not while we're trying to head to the hills, not while we're trying to figure out some sort of uh, get off the grid uh, um, escape plan on, you know, wow, things are about to go really bad. Antichrist, beast, false prophet are about to do the reset of darkness. And again, we have too many believers being the advertisement agency of the enemy right now. And our assignment, if you're a minister, you're a minister of the gospel, literally means of the good news. So when you are being a spokesperson for what the dark side is doing, unless you immediately tell what God is doing in comparison to it, where you can do like Caleb said, yeah, I see him, there'll be bread for us. If you're not able to give that perspective, You are literally being part of the advertisement agency of hell, even as a good son of it doesn't mean you're you're hell bound in any way. It just means you're a little misguided. You're like the 10 spies. You think you're doing the body of Christ a service by bragging on what the enemy's doing. And you're not. You're just doing free commercials for them, like Super Bowl commercials for the enemy. And, you know, what do you do in commercials? You brag on your product. And so if we brag on his product for him, 
He doesn't even have to do commercials. He doesn't need any commercials. And, and, and God is the one that wants us telling what he's doing. And this is what comes out at this time. So I believe the timetable of where we're at, uh, Isaiah 61 is so key right now as to where we're at. And it speaks into this Jubilee season. And, and we're going to read at least some of the first few verses here, uh, Kelsey. And, and, and I got, I have notes already. I was telling you before I got them scattered all over the place because I keep getting more and more on it, but it's good. It's good news, good news, good news. And let's start even with the scripture I already brought up. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. So we want to, uh, um, you know, let's leave it there just for a moment. We want to look at these in a little more depth than what is often um, often done. And we want to see that, I'm just going to say, I'll make a statement right up front, that no generation of believers has ever committed to Isaiah 61 as a cause, as a true cause, if we, if we actually get into it. So this is something the Lord's saying, it's time to do right now. Embrace this as my cause for you right now. So the spirit of the sovereign Lord, the spirit of the Lord has is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. Now, the good tidings to the poor is, you know, that there's provision. The good tidings to the poor isn't, I'm sorry, you're always going to be poor here, but one day you're going to be with Jesus up there. That is something that also comes if you should happen to suffer the whole rest of your life. But it's not the primary message. It's not the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me to preach to the poor. You get to stay poor. Uh, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. This part of healing the brokenhearted is uh, such a manifestation that the Lord is doing and about to do. We're going to take to the next level. But we want to understand that ministering to broken hearts is beyond someone raising their hand for salvation. I'm going to make this point over and over. Uh, it's thinking through restoration, reformation grid, and not just a raise your hand salvation grid to proclaim liberty to the captives. So this is about captives being free. It's not just in a simplistic thing. Yeah, you're a captive to sin, but Jesus died. If you say the sinner's prayer and you're free. Yes, there's a part of it that does, uh, uh, you know, there's a little bit of the application, but there is an application that we're seeing that many of us know about now is just the, the human trafficking element on planet Earth that it exceeds 30 or 40 million. So the spirit of the sovereign Lord is right now upon us to agree with him for the proclamation and for the actual release of seeing liberty to the captives. It's what many are contending for. Now that they've become aware of it, contending in their decrees, and there's some actually, it's a lesser group because they don't know really how to get involved in, in actually being a part of freeing these captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. So we want to see right up front that this anointing, this Isaiah 61 anointing that is released is for something that goes far beyond just crusades. This is, you know, crusade can start it. But this is about a God who shows up in very practical ways in every area of society, addressing things that we're, we most of us become aware of just with the news of the day. So let's go to verse two. 
to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the joy, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees or oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Now, here's what's so uh, it's so awesome, even being able to, being able to see this all uh, put together. So the, in Luke 4.18, and I don't know if we'll have time to go there. We've, to, we've spoken in, into Luke 4 before. I'll, I'll tell about it. And if we have a chance to look at it, fine. If not, it'll be okay. So Luke 4 is where it starts out with Jesus is being taken to the desert. It says led by the Holy Spirit actually to be tested and tempted by Satan. And if we remember, you know, he's taken even to an upper uh, high mountain and Satan shows him the kingdoms of this world. And he shows him in the glory of it. And he says, these I will give to you if you bow down to me. And ultimately, the Lord says, get behind me, Satan, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. You know, both of them are quoting scripture at each other, telling you that quoting the ability to quote scripture doesn't make you a saint because Lucifer is literally quoting scripture. Satan is quoting scripture and the Lord has to counter it. So he leaves that and he leaves in the power of the spirit. And if you I feel like I'm supposed to uh, go ahead and look at uh, I think I might have it really accessible. Luke four. And in Luke 4, verse 14, then Jesus returned, returned from where I'm talking about, in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out through all the surrounding synagogues, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. And he found what we just read. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And then then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down and his eyes were fixed on them. And their, their eyes were fixed on him. And he said, today, verse 28, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. They all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, mouth, is this not Joseph's son? So this is how Jesus began his ministry. Was this Isaiah 61? So now we see, why is he talking Isaiah 61, Isaiah 61? This is how Jesus began his ministry. I was telling you last week. So Aaron uh, Judge, when he's 30, Aaron Donald, when he's 30, we're at 30. Jesus at 30. It's a beginning time. This is not any wrap up time. This is not the wrap up where, you know, whatever. Antichrist, beast, false prophet. Jesus is going to carry us to heaven. The rapture. No, 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 no. He's letting us know what the narrative of the day and of the moment. So even his Luke 4.18 message on uh, uh, where he's quoting this very scripture. But we want to, why did he stop there? Verse two again, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. He stopped reading there. He did not read in the day of vengeance of our God. 
He did not read that. He did not say that was fulfilled in that day. And there is an understanding when you look through these right now of three important manifestations of God on earth that took place. And only one had taken place at that point. When Jesus begins his ministry, it's the year, the acceptable year of the Lord. And then when it says, and the day of vengeance of our God, that took place at the cross. The vengeance of our God was at the cross. This is where through the price he paid with his blood, where there was ultimate vengeance. And in that vengeance is a restoration of lost authority that took place. So he didn't say at that time, today is fulfilled that, because it was not fulfilled then. And then if you keep reading, and to comfort all who mourn, as soon as he mentions the word comfort, we know he said, I'm going to heaven and I will send the comforter. So he stopped midway through uh, verse two of Isaiah 61, because that was all the completion that he had done at that point. And then there was a follow-up of the day of vengeance of our God, where the price is paid fully in heaven. And now there is celebration even in heaven. I'm going to get to that scripture because um, before that cause. And then there's to comfort all who mourn. The comfort comforter comes. Again, the comforting is to console those who mourn in Zion. That word Zion means also very parched. And so, yeah, in all I'm talking about, I know there is an application for natural Israel. But I will say at no time is whatever application happens for natural Israel designed to eliminate application for those who come in through the blood of Jesus, because it's all about a covenant of blood. And and if people believe that his unilateral covenant with Abraham with promises for Israel are powerful, how much more the covenant that is made through the blood of Jesus himself. So don't. For those of you out there get caught up, no, that's for Israel. You cannot believe that his blood covenant with lambs for Abraham is going to be greater than his blood covenant through Jesus himself for whosoever will believe in him. So don't don't try to knock us out of being those who experience the blessing of this because it's clearly meant to be expanded into that way and not just niched and, and, and made to look lesser than the covenant that was made with animals. I, yeah. I guess. You know. Well, it explains it in Romans really good too, Johnny. If, if they, if you want to read through Romans, Paul really addresses the, the Jewish and the Gentiles really well and explains the covenants. Right on uh, Kelsey. It's it, that's an, once you know the scripture, just like it's coming to your mind, you know that this is echoed throughout the scripture. Uh, even in Hebrews, it talks about, we have a covenant with a better blood. So the covenant with the better blood expands and extends these blessings um, for us. We claim we look into them and we see. And if he has a heart for a covenant people that will choose to obey him, that's the idea of what a believer is anyway. A covenant people that chooses to obey him and to advance his kingdom on earth. That was the original purpose for Israel. So um, anyway, that's enough on that subject. So keep reading in verse two. What's the Holy Spirit comforting those who mourn, uh, console those who mourn in Zion, those who are in a parched place uh, to give them beauty for ashes. And now this is just that phrase. You know, it's one of, I think it's one of it's just something poetic about it. And we just love it. And there's a song, you know, give beauty for ashes, love for hate. 
Beauty for Ashes is just an amazing thing. And I don't know fully if everyone knows why, why that's why that's such an amazing thing. What does Beauty for Ashes mean? Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com and click the Donate Today button to become a partner today. So ashes were what the custom was to put ashes on the face. And so you had people whose faces were black. They put ashes and they rubbed it on their face. They had sackcloth. And when you did, when you showed that, it could be some sort of repentance. But by and large, it's like uh, they're in mourning. There's some major calamity that has taken place. And so they're just uh, like, my life is broke, you know, Job. And it's like, yeah, everything's gone bad. I've lost everything. And so beauty for ashes and even you know, the language there, there's one of them, one one translation will say a crown. Uh, another one will say a beautiful head uh, headdress for it. So what he's doing, the Holy Spirit comes and he's not just saying, I have a place one day up for you, but I can step right into your tragic calamitous circumstances. Again, hear this for today, for wherever you are. I know nations that listen to us, some are in much harder places than where we are. You've experienced much more severe uh, darkness and damage and death and every other kind of thing. So you want to hear the spirit of the sovereign Lord's upon us. And there's a release right now in this Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, New Year's season that's taking place. An outworking, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that sees right where we're at, not just promising us uh, a future one day, but to change our actual circumstance where we remove, where we don't just say, see, you can sit in ashes your whole Christian life and like, but one day I'm going to be with him. He's like, I, I'm, I'm ready to step right into your circumstance and put on a crown of beauty on your circumstance and where you're at even right now. So, man, I'm loving this so much. I, I feel like my spirit's even ahead of my brain right now. And so I'm, I'm that's why I'm kind of happy. So to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, that means instead of, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Now, why all these things? Like he's coming in to change everything around, to turn everything around. He's coming in. And just to keep reminding over and over, this is what this highlighting of 60 and 61 and the errands were going from dark to light. This is, I'm, I'm repeating things enough for those, so the message doesn't get lost. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, the garment of praise, he's giving that to us. That goes back to answering Kelsey's question. How can you, like, when there's so many heavy things going on, why are you always carrying this garment of praise? Because it's available. He has it available. And if you can see what he's doing, you can wear it. That they may be called trees of righteousness. And again, I like the way it says in Spanish, árboles de justicia, uh, we, trees of justice, oaks of justice, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. So I want us to th just think for a moment what is obvious. I have to make this point over and over because people consider themselves experts in interpreting the Bible. Have you know anything that's good in the Bible? It's some. It's either millennium. It's after Jesus returns. It's somewhere other than now, and and that's what the the the, the you know those who know biblical hermeneutics and this and that and the other they they steal us from present inheritance by saying it's all unattainable for now, and and so 
We have to understand, just like the promised land, they said, no, promised land's in heaven. Well, how could promised land be in heaven? How, a land of giants, of enemies greater and mightier than us, because that's how it was announced that sons of Anak, the Hittites, the Gergesites, there, there's not Hittites and Gergesites. And there's not, there's no enemy in heaven. So it can't be talking about that. It's land you possess. You take on the enemy. You confront them. Jericho is there. Walls. There's no walls to come down in heaven. So all that, the whole taking of the promised land is a parallel picture for us today for what go, goes on. So when he says, I'm giving you the garment of praise so you can be called oaks of justice. Now, oak tree don't doesn't grow in three months. And whatever tree it is, this is long term. So this, this Isaiah 61 isn't this sudden Jesus came and took us away. No, he's like the planting of the Lord. If you know how to think through a farmer's perspective and all that, you don't plant trees. You don't, uh, you don't call something a planting if it's just a simple harvest for that moment. Literally, we, I was born and raised in Peru, South America. My parents were missionaries there. And in our teens, we were part of this community farm. And Christian community, 150 people, and they all believe Jesus. It's all going to be wrapped up in the 70s. It's all going to be wrapped up. So we literally, we, we were there five years, and we wouldn't plant fruit trees um, because it was all going to be wrapped up before then. So you don't plant oh, trees. No. <laughs> so we're like, in our fifth year, we're like, man, what could we, the fruit that we could have had here if, if we'd have just been able, and there wasn't just, there's different kinds of trees, but anything that was going to take more than a year, we didn't plant because, you know, it was all going to be done. Jesus was going to come. The wrap up of everything was going to, was going to take place. And so, but I want us, again, thinking long-term marathon, not Isaiah 61 is not for a 50-yard dash. It is for generations, a planting of the Lord. When you plant oak trees and when you look to oak trees to be trees of justice, Justice is something that, you know, you want into incorporated into a system, into the mountains. That's why I say this is about a seven mountain mandate. It's not about revival and the final harvest all just in one. I love I love both of them. OK, I, I speak into harvest and revival as well. But it's it, this is something that goes and, and it'll keep saying that. And so it's important that we pick that up as and I'm not going to read the whole thing, obviously. Even though it's only 11 verses, we should read it about three times. The oil of joy for uh, mourning, the garment of praise, the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. So this is a long thing. How does he get glorified? When Habakkuk 2.14, the whole earth is filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. So this 100% coverage as the waters cover the sea is 100%. He's His glory knowledge of the Lord and the glory of how he runs government, the glory of how he runs education, the glory of how he runs arts and entertainment, the glory of these seven areas of society. This is what we're contending for. This is what the Isaiah 61 spirit of the sovereign Lord, who's releasing an anointing upon us. Now, this is what that's about. Verse four, they shall rebuild the old ruins and shall raise up the former desolations and they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. I'm just going to read that also in the NLT, just because just hearing it in a different way sometimes, and it's just slightly different. They will rebuild the ancient ruins, repairing cities destroyed long ago. They will revive them. 
though they have been deserted for many generations. This is the Isaiah 61 assignment, the Isaiah 61 blessing mandate on the body of Christ for those who will arise and shine, those who will awaken, first of all, to the true narrative of the day. The true narrative of the day is not what the 10 spies saw. The true narrative is not that we're about to go down to the Hittites, Jebusites, Girgashites, Sorites, Gatesites, uh, you know, WEFites, and all, all these other things, World Economic Forum for those in WEF and all that kind of stuff. That that narrative has got to get out of the mouth, particularly of speakers and prophets, as anything of a reality for us. It's not. It's not what's next. It's not what the Isaiah 61 uh, anointing is for. It's to decree a different day than that. It's to declare the greatness and goodness of our God. And he's going to break why we're in this expanded jubilee season. And I was telling last week how the word Trump and the word jubilee, if you look at it in the book of Exodus, you can look at where it's, it's uh, Trump. And Jubilee, and the same word is used in the original Hebrew. Just imagine how God could pick out the name Donald and put Trump with it and have that very name be the name representative of Jubilee as well as Trump. And Trump is about when the Lord trumpets an important message. And so he is making it as, I say, as clear as can be what he's doing. What's his narrative? He's saying, wake up to my storyline. Wake up to my narrative. You will carry more joy as soon as you do that. And, and so what we're here for, we're finding out that there's been intentional destruction of nations. Iraq was intentionally targeted and destructed by deep staters, globalists, Zimbabwe, Vietnam, many nations, uh, most third world nations in some way or another, there has been, it's not just that they were, you know, less good at something, less something, there is targeting. And as soon as these who believe they are God for the world, they, they sit cockily around tables and round tables and decide what nation they want to mess with next, what nation they want to wreck. They think that's part of their privilege. And they're about to find, they're finding out already, this is not part of their privilege. And so, we are about to receive a fresh anointing, a fresh anointing, yes, for a message. But the message is not just Jesus saves. The message is Jesus has solutions. He has answers. He restores. He recovers. He rebuilds. He can give you joy, beauty for ashes right now in your situation as an individual, as a family, as a city, as a region, as a nation. And it's a much greater message. It includes Jesus saves. But it's Jesus saves at, at, at the level that gives him true glory, true honor. This is how majestic and great our God is. They shall rebuild. We are here now to rebuild ruined cities and nations. And if you will agree with this word and begin to position yourself in a proper way. In fact, the Lord's just reminded me. So this is Isaiah 61. Remember, it's all about 61, 61, the, the 61 home runs. So you have Psalms. Da, 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 da. Psalm 61, just one verse, but it's verse 5. Let's see if I, I think it's worth verse 5. We're going to find that out real quick here. For you, O Lord, or God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. So you have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. It's speaking of even the wealth. And, and, and an ability to change um, realities. So there, out of that, just quickly, 
there are those who have made vows to the Lord. I've, I've been meeting and speaking and hearing from more and more of you. You have these promises from God. You, you have said, Lord, I want to be part of the solutions of seeing um, cities and nations changed and transformed, of seeing the generations changed and transformed. It's part of, so it's even Psalm 61 is like, there are those who have talked with the Lord and say, I want to be a part of being able to rebuild. Uh, and, and so the Lord's going to, you're going to be, you're going to, you're going to get it. You're going to see it. And so some of you, I can even hear the hallelujahs because you know who you are out there. And this is a joyful moment for you. Believe what the Lord says, believe what he's saying through his prophetic voices, and then you will be prospered in this as well. But if you have a heart for his kingdom, if you have a heart for his kingdom advancement, again, this is not, yeah, maybe I could be this and be faint. No, you know, that's just such a, that's just such a, a lower thing that it just doesn't qualify as kingdom. We'll just put it that way. It's okay if you're struggling and you're still, you know, so much insecurity, you need something to f- feel like you have any worth. But this is about this is for people who have allowed the Lord to go deeper than that and who who are like, Lord, I see your heart for the nations. You have not yet been glorified among the nations. You have not been made great. Your name has not been hallowed properly. And we have not seen the earth shine with your glory like you promised would happen if your sons and daughters would arise and shine. Again, that Isaiah 60, arise, shine, your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Behold the darkness, gross darkness, but the Lord will arise on you. His glory will be seen on you and nations will walk to the light of the sons of God. This is what he has for us. I'm just going to read a couple more things here. Even though, again, Isaiah 61, the 11 verses, you can just get filled with God and his purposes for right now. And he's speaking into timing. This is not just a general truth. The Isaiah 61 uh, and, and tied in with all these 61s happening right now that I was speaking to you earlier tells you that this is for right now. If you recognize the moment in society that we are finding out about cities and nations that have been destroyed and that so much of this has been targeted destruction by the enemy, not just you know any kind of happenstance while they had poor uh, political science in that nation or whatever, but this has happened. And so he is here. They shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations and they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. Think many generations. If you're not thinking many generations, you need to start thinking many generations. It's hard for God to really give you the full outpouring of what he has. If you're thinking you know, the desolations that we need to fix the next summer or like this thing's almost over. This is things, you know, the kingdom advancement on earth has barely started because we have barely accepted the task and the assignment. We've only seen him as a God good enough to give us the pass for one day when we face the seat of judgment. We're like, yeah, I said it. I said it, too. And yes, that's a great starting point. But it it's a limited um, it's it's a limited narrative who our God is and who he's made himself available. So he goes on the desolate and verse six, but you shall be named the priests of the Lord. Okay. See this again, the Aaron's, you shall be named the priests of the Lord, the Aaron's, the original priest. They shall call you. And actually NLT says, they shall call you the ministers of God. And out of this, I've have a teaching on the ministers of wealth, the kingdom ministers of wealth, your priests, your Aaron's, you're taking it from dark to light. You're helping bring the lightness of the kingdom of God on planet Earth. You're being salt and light to connect to Jesus' original message. You shall eat of the riches of the Gentiles that were Gentiles, also the word nations. 
You shall eat of the riches of the nations and in their glory you shall boast. This is happening right now. You know, the, the, the economies of the world are shaking. We have this, you know, the Swiss, I don't know how you pronounce it, Swiss bank is collapsing as a German uh, bank, a bank of England, they're collapsing. It looks like the banking institutions, the systems of this world are collapsing. And you're like, you're, aren't you, Johnny, you must not be aware. We're about to go in massive reception. We're recession. We're about to have this massive economic crash. I don't know what the short term process, but I'm telling you where we're going is Isaiah 61, where there are resources for the sons and daughters of the king who want to advance what he's doing on planet Earth. This is what's next. This is what's promised throughout Isaiah 60 and 61 is wealth, but it's not wealth to, you know, get your bigger Rolex, to get your bigger car. This is kingdom wealth and it's for kingdom purposes. And you will be called the priest of the most high God for understanding that he doesn't just want to save souls, but he wants to repair cities. He wants to replace deformed systems that exist in the mountain of media, mountain of education. You have deformed. Harvard has become deformed compared to what it was supposed to be to start with. Yale, these things are now uh, they're more seedbeds for darkness, for antichrist thought than anything else. And he's like, you must learn how to think, how to replace these systems, either to come in, take over, bring in, take over, not in this dominionist kind of way, but take over and that you eradicate, you'll take it back to its original purpose and intent. Because Harvard was, mm-hmm. was a those who designed it, those who set it up and established it was to advance the fear of the Lord and to advance instruction in the Lord. So when we talk about taking, it's not some hostile takeover where we're imposing on, on people, but we are imposing on darkness and we are bringing things back into alignment, into restoration with the King of Kings. You shall be named the priests of the Lord. You shall be called servants of, the God, of God. You shall eat the riches of the nations and in their glory you shall boast. Instead of your, your shame, you shall have double honor. Instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double. Everlasting joy will be theirs. Then it goes into, I, the Lord, love justice. So he's doing, giving all this wealth. He's anointing us to preach, proclaim, decree, but he's anointing us to re uh, restore that which has been lost and torn up. Generational uh, uh, you know, poverty at every level, generational destruction, as it says, that which is the desolations of many generations. And he says, because I, the Lord, love justice. Justice is not just about one single little thing. Remember, that's the oaks, oaks of justice. This is, this is a, a, an extended and an expanded manifestation of justice into, into the systems of this world where he gets to be showcased. And it lets us know he's doing all this because our God, our Lord, loves justice. I will direct their work in truth. Now that line we could talk 30 minutes on, but he's saying, I'm going to, I'm anointing you with this Isaiah 61 anointing, and I'm going to direct this work in truth. Nine, verse nine, their descendants shall be known. I'm jumping around. Why is it their descendants shall be known among the nations and their offspring? This is not a sure thing. This, I'm trying to reconnect us over and over and over with the truth of Isaiah 61, that it's a multi-generational anointing and assignment and a call. We are entering into a brand new era. This is, uh, and I think this is what I wrote on another piece of paper that is coming 
coming to me. I have to say it right now. We are in the most public, dynamic, and far-reaching exposure of darkness in the history of humanity. That's what we're involved in right now. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Head to ElijahStreams.com and click the Donate Today button. Now, back to the show. In Noah's days, it was just judgment, not deliberate extended exposure. This is designed to be deliberately lengthy, excruciating, specific, and detailed for the enemy. This is mm-hmm. this this is what this thing, this is about justice. And so he's tearing down one thing and he's building up something else, but he's asking his sons and daughters to please embrace his narrative for the day. And his narrative for the day has nothing to do with escaping, hanging on. Uh, it, it is about being an instrument of light, being those who arise and shine, being those who allow the Lord to use them to be the light of the world. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. All right, we'll get the time. I got to. Okay, good, good, good. Um, Kelsey, I'm just running. I got so much, you know, I'm not even giving you a comment, but I'll give you. No, gonna... I know. I want you to keep going because you have so much the Lord's given you. Keep going. You're good. Oh, wow. So their descendants will be known. So he wants to do something multi-generational. I have to say that again. What he wants done, he wants it to be multi-generational. Heaven doesn't believe that the kingdom has properly been manifested on planet Earth until it's multi-generational. It's not a visitation. It's not an Azusa Street, a few years something. And that's kind of our best record that we can go back to. And even that never penetrated society. It was always something that happened in the church. It was spirit-filled. It created denominations. And it's, we've never seen what we're talking about. It, that's why I said no generation has embraced Isaiah 61 the way it's supposed to be embraced. We're going to do it now. There is enough people that are on board. We're going to see descendants that are known because they've allowed the glory of God to be upon them multi-generationally. They're offspring among the people. All who see them will acknowledge them, that they are the posterity whom the Lord has blessed. This is his idea. He wants it to be revealed to powers and principalities and to those who don't serve the Lord. He wants them to see the posterity of those whom the Lord has blessed. And the, again, the primary reason this has not happened is this has not been a goal. This has not been a vision. We were like, no, let's get a few more people saved and let's get out of the planet as soon as possible. Stop that. Stop that. Stop that. Stop that. <laughs> I will. I got to go ahead and read the last two verses. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels, for as the earth brings forth its bud, as the garden causes the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord will cause righteousness, and that word again, justicia, justice, so the Lord God will cause justice and praise to spring forth before all the nations that last those last three words are so important for us right now for us not just to think for those who have again part of their uh, their narrative is that god's just going to do something with israel he, he said israel you're my firstborn they're they're the lead in for all this but his heart is for all the nations he wants his work to be made manifest he needs oaks of righteousness in uganda he needs oaks of righteousness in indonesia 
Oaks of Righteousness in Taiwan, Oaks of Righteousness in Venezuela, Oaks of Righteousness, wherever you can think of, Oaks of Righteousness everywhere. The Isaiah 61 assignment is not just for some manifestation for the nation of Israel. That is limiting who God intends to be. And we have to embrace this expanded perspective of who he is. Man, isn't that good, Kelsey? So good. So good. (laughs) So here's what I, you know, I said we were talking ahead of time before. And and I was saying, you know, I had thought of uh, titling and one part of what what I wanted to do was the order of celebration of heaven. And this is going to in some ways seem like a deviation of topic, but it's not. You'll see quickly that we're coming back on. And, and where this goes is the order of celebration of heaven. It's funny because the thought that came to mind, and I'll bring up, I don't know how many people got offended because Kat Kerr has been trying to eat cake for a year and a half or whatever. She's been saying celebrate since November of 2021. And it's just, it's like, how could she be celebrating when there's so much um, you know, it's it's not made public what she's saying has happened, and and she's doing so because she has seen heaven rejoice. So this goes into the order of celebration of heaven. Why can some of heaven celebrate ahead of other parts of the kingdom, other sons and daughters of the king? And so I'm, I uh, I will be speaking on behalf of Cat and in what I'm and what I'm saying here, because if you understand, that's why I carry more joy than I should based on all the troubles maybe we see around us and even the testings we have. Yeah, if I get into them, like, wow, these testings are bad. But it's like, man, we're in such a victorious season. We're in such a season of promise. We're in such a season in an era of kingdom manifestation that you just can't you can't be suppressed very long, long in that. So, you know, she's been saying she's already seen it. And part of President Trump has won. She has seen uh, um, celebrations and she's gone to heaven and they've already celebrated. And I have seen uh, celebrations as well. I've been, pro- you know, I'm saying a day of celebration is coming. And and so but I just want to remind people, felt like the Lord is wanting us to draw some parallel between even what he did on the cross. We already kind of did that with Isaiah 61. There were he said today this is fulfilled among you and he his his intervention on planet earth connected to it. And just to go into, you know, Jesus and what he did here and the fact that, you know, he died on the cross. And here's, here's just a reality is that, you know, while his disciples are running, hiding, crying and denying him, heaven is celebrating. The angels are rejoicing. And, and why? Because what was done on the cross, and I'm going to just put a couple of scriptures so we get this clear for us. I'm going to tell what the order of celebration and try to get enough scriptures to finish it before before we need to be, be done here. But this is to edify our spirits as well. Um, the first person to celebrate in heaven when he's doing something is always the father. So the order of celebration is the father. And he doesn't always let even the angels in on what he's doing. And we can we can tell that. Um, by different things. And, and you know, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to read, so Emily could get there shortly. I'm going to read out of Revelation chapter 5 in a, in a moment what happened at the cross. But, well, I'm just going to go ahead and do that. Sometimes I don't know which one to do first. And I'm just like, hey, 
feel like the Holy Spirit. So just go there now. Um, Revelation chapter 5. And if you remember, this is the scene where John is taken to heaven. And he's shown, in the, you know, the lamb in the right hand of him who sits on the well, before the lamb. It's the Lord having the scroll, uh, the seven seals. And there is somebody crying, the angel, a very great, strong, loud angel. Who is worthy to open the scroll and the lucid seals? So John wept much because no one is found worthy. And so this, is, this takes us all to the cross time. In verse 8. Now it's talking about the lamb who was slain because it identifies a lamb, verse six, and a lamb stood, though it had been slain, having seven horns, seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God. And and uh, actually, let me just read, slow down and read it because it's too good. And I be, it's verse six. And I looked and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. Then he, Jesus, came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Now, when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. Why? For you were slain. And you have redeemed us. You have redeemed us to God by your blood, the vengeance of our Lord. He's redeemed us out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation has made us. And you've made us kings and priests to our God. And we shall reign on the earth. And then it goes on to say he looked around and there is the living elders, the creatures and a number of them of the angels, 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. They didn't know how to say a zillion angels. And they're singing a new song with a loud voice. Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And if you follow our seven mountain stuff, there's seven items there. We connect one, one of each of these to each of the seven mountains, power to government, to receive power of government, riches, the mountain of economy, wisdom, the mountain of education, strength, the mountain of family, honor, the mountain of religion, glory, the mountain of arts, entertainment, blessing, the mountain of media. That's why I say this is all about a seven mountain mandate. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth, such as are in the sea and all that are in them. And I heard the saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb forever and amber ever. And then the four living creatures say, amen. The 24 elders fall down, worship him. There is celebration, mass jubilance, celebration in heaven. And what are the disciples doing at this time? They're crying. They're weeping. They're running. They're denying. I don't know him. They're, you know. How could they be doing this? Because it was not known here. It was not known on earth. It wasn't known enough. So the order of heaven, the father knew stuff. And then the angels found out. They didn't they were like, yeah, we already knew this was happening. They didn't know. They didn't know. The Lord let them be surprised. And so then they explode into a new song that had never been sung before. And it's about, oh, my goodness, we shall reign on earth. See, the celebration was we can save billions. That wasn't the celebration. That's included in there. I'm, I'm good with that. Celebrate, you know, billions are coming to the Lord, but we shall reign on the earth. We get to manifest who he is in every area of society. This was the celebration of heaven. They're celebrating. They're in party. There, it's billions and billions upon billions of angels up there celebrating. But his close disciples who have just been with him three and a half years are weeping and crying and running off. So the order of heaven celebration, you see the father. Then it's the angels. You can 
even go into the 24 elders, four living creatures and different things like that. But then we find out who are the first ones to finally believe the good news of what's taking place. And you, you, you see that, it, you know, kind of every one of the Gospels tells a little bit about it. You know, in Matthew 28, I think verses uh, 8, 9 and, and 16 are key. It's, uh, it's about the women who knew Jesus in one place. There's about six different women identified at different times. They're the first ones that go looking for Jesus. They go to the tomb. It even tells us Mary and Mary Magdalene took note of where his body was buried. You're like, why did they take note? Why does the scripture say they took note? There's something in them saying, this can't stay like this. There's no way this ends this way. And it doesn't tell us that, but you have to have to assume. And so the women go and then the Lord comes to them. They're like, what? He says, rejoice. He tells them to rejoice. Disciples are crying. They're mourning. The, the end is here. Oh, my goodness. The Antichrist has taken us over. Soros is put, you know, Gates, uh, Fauci. These guys have done us in. And you have the women who know Jesus are talking to him and saying, eat cake. That's why I'm connecting back to Kat Kerr here, you know. So appropriately yeah. enough, even the ones who have echoed Kat the most and said they're eating cake are generally women. If you look at who's been following her, not a lot of the men. And not to knock the men, and and again, I'm not trying to encourage eating a year and a half of cake um, and getting yourself, over, but whatever. The idea was the point was celebration. There's yeah. someone presenting it, and it just offends. And I know, no, don't try to uh, don't try to make us celebrate. And you have to see that. Um, that I think it's it's worth reading because sometimes it just doesn't register for us. Because I'm speaking to this thing of believing with importance and this is something the Lord wanted me to identify. I think it's in John chapter 20. Um, well, there is the part we find out because there's, if you look at the order, if you look at all four gospels, you can find where the women um, start the party. They go tell the disciples and what it tells you in everyone in different ways is like they did not believe them. And one, it literally says they thought they were telling idle tales like these conspiracy theorist women are saying it's already a done thing. They're saying there's already been victory. I want to apply it even to what the Lord has said about President Trump and his future and his leadership and the Cyrus call and anointing what's going to happen. I want this applied to that as well. At this moment, there is like, oh, well, these people, they fall for anything they're whatever. And it's really not really because there's reports from the patriots. This has to do with people who've heard from the Lord. And the Lord has given a bunch of visions and dreams and proofs of what he's doing now. And it's about a day of deliverance. It's about an Isaiah 61 moment. And so you find it says the disciples believed and some didn't believe. And even when they saw him, some said it must be a spirit. Can you imagine to actually see Jesus and say, I don't know if I believe. And then you find Thomas like, I'm not believing it until I put my fingers into the hollow of his hand where I saw that spike go into. So Jesus says, okay, Thomas, put your finger there. And he's like, oh, Lord, it is you. You know, and he, he, he finally has a moment of uh, aha. So you find just the order of celebration is the father, the angels, women who know Jesus, some men who know Jesus. Then it's the rest of the men who know Jesus. Then he reveals himself to more. And it's not to knock men, but it's this thing. It's it's I just I, I just have to honor the, the women that have the sensitivity of the Lord. And those who are it's not all women in general, just because you're women, but women who know the Lord. It's like they're on to something. So I'm just saying it's not that I've heard anybody complain in recent days about cat and saying celebrating people. Allow. How how ridiculous, how foolish it's like. You look at it, the disciples literally mock the women, say they're 
there's the, I was trying to find where it says idle, uh, idle talk. They were accusing them of like, oh, you crazy, crazy women thinking that this is time to celebrate. It's not. Jesus is gone. Is dead. It's like it doesn't look like, you know. So the women, the, the angels in heaven are singing a new song. They are celebrating. This is the breakthrough of history. And, and I'm telling you, we're going through a breakthrough of history right now. And there's some people who know about it. And that's why you can have more joy if you know about it ahead of time. And we're about to see the decree. It's gonna. There is a, a, reve- a reveal that comes where it's made public to everyone. And and but there's an invitation by God because I'll just tell you, it's kind of conversely, you know, Ephesians four eighteen speaks about those uh, who have blindness of the heart and that they can't see. I've followed this. I could go into a whole story of there's people you think if they just had the proof. I mean, we told you about a church situation where there's leaders up there. You show me the proof that the, the the leader has done this and I show him the proof and he still doesn't believe it. And so you have 10 signed affidavits of women who say they've been abused sexually by a pastor and the people and leaders who say they're going to they don't believe even proof. So you have to know there is this thing called blindness of heart where there's such intrinsic doubt and unbelief that no matter how much proof you show them, you waste your time if there's blindness of heart. And beware of you being, whoever's listening to me, one who carries blindness of heart where you can't be convinced where you're like Thomas. See, Thomas is a disciple. He's one of the 12, but he's literally not going to believe it until not just, can you imagine saying it's it's not even enough to see Jesus? He's worried about CGI He's worried apparently about AI. No, they didn't have CGI and AI, but it's like, you know, I, I even if I don't, you know, it's going to be some trick somewhere. And until, you know, just beware of having that heart because Thomas wasn't praised for that. There's a reason it's called doubting Thomases. And you don't want to be one of those. You want to be like the women who not only paid attention to where Jesus was placed, because that's what it says about Mary, Mary Magdalene, where he was placed, where they laid him to rest in the tomb, just knowing it's like, this doesn't end this way. So those of you who think and your heart has been closed down to think this ends this way, what's going on in society, the darkness of a lot of situations, it does not and it cannot. And we're in a resurrection moment in a resurrection day. Some people have already seen it. It's been progressively more are seeing it. There is a public reveal. All are going to know it uh, uh, shortly. It, again, we're not saying uh, it, it's not just about Trump being in in in, in Biden's seat because Biden's seat really doesn't matter. Biden's seat is he who leads the corporate America uh, that was sold out in 1871. That seat is of no real value. Mm-hmm. President Trump is commander in chief of the United States of America, as well as the recognized leader of this nation. And that has to do with a spiritual authority, a spiritual acknowledgement. And there is also a military and legal truth. Um, that has taken that has taken place uh, behind the scenes. And I want us to see just for a moment in closing is this connection between how heaven operates. You'll see that the way um, it, it tells us that Jesus, what he took care of, and I had the scripture in front of me and I wanted to do it from scripture way it actually said it. We'll see if I find it right in front of me. And then I have a short prophetic word to read. Now, I can't forget that either. But it's like what he did, it talks about him making an open show. That's Ephesians 4.18, I believe. And he made an open show of them. So there's an open show of the enemy about to take place. 
He's mm-hmm. not. That's what I was telling you before. There's a there's a pain, a painful, uh, excruciating process for the enemy. We're waiting for it to be faster. But there is a lesson to be learned for the enemy. That's why it said he made an open show of them. That's I should read that out of Ephesians um, 418. I thought I had it written out in front of me. If, if if Emily happens to beat me to it, I'll read it from there. But even her skill, she, I have it right here. You know, she's not going to get there before me. So. <laughs> you guys, Johnny has like 15 papers, a laptop. He was show, he has a lot of stuff in front of him. You guys, you guys just can't see it. So. Oh my goodness. So, um, oh, that's the part where having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. That was the other point. I know the one I'm really talking about is Colossians 2. Um, yeah, Emily just pulled it up. Oh, man, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Now, leave that scripture up for just a moment, because I want us to understand this is what God is doing now in public, in public on planet Earth right now. He has already performed a legal victory. I want you to see we're telling you the order of celebration of heaven. I want you to understand the order of gloom from hell. They were already in the biggest gloom imaginable. I think it might be Philippians, Colossians 2. The verse, right? What is 2.14? Let's look at 2.14. Okay. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. The reason I wanted us to, uh, to look at that, because... What the Lord's telling me, way we're seeing, he wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us. I think all of you understand that. The reason heaven celebrated when the lamb was slain, they didn't celebrate even when he resurrected. They celebrated when the lamb was slain. Worthy is the lamb that was slain. It wasn't even worthy as the lamb that resurrected because they realized the legal part of it had been taken care of. There was a legal part. That's why Satan was bragging in Luke 4, says, I will show you the kingdoms of this, shows them the king of this world. These are mine and I'll give it to whomever I want to. So back to that, go ahead and put that scripture back up there, the the legal requirements so people can get it just one more time. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. So what did the cross do? The cross took care of the legal part of it. And then we go to the next verse, the legal part, having disarmed principalities and powers. So there's the legal in hidden he disarms principalities and powers he did that while the disciples are still crying while they're still running from and disappearing i don't know him betraying him and his close you know friends disciples he made a public and the lord is in the process of making then a public spectacle of them that was behind the scenes even in hell he took the keys of hell and death if you can imagine this you have disciples people close to him crying and saying the end is here the beast the antichrist have won because that's even what they called nero and the 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 emperors of of rome that were around that the leadership there was like all the evil antichrist beast stuff and meanwhile what's really going on behind the scenes in hell they have been exposed they've lost authority they've lost the key he's making a public spectacle of them in hell i'll tell you right now it's taking place 
and it's been taking place for a while. It's already happened. This, what we're talking about, this going from dark to light in this present age right now, where he's using as a key instrument, President Trump and the other, there has already been a gloom and doom in hell. He has already made a spectacle of them. He has already taken other keys that they thought that they had. And he has he has now committed himself to make an open spectacle here on planet Earth on those who followed him too closely. So we're going to see. This is a declaration I was to give him before I blew my shofar as well. See how I how I worded my um, my declaration I was supposed to make. Man, that's when you have too much goodness from God. You just don't have time to put it all put it all together. There is going to be seven years. Man, I need to find exactly where I put that. Seven years of excruciating justice mm. on planet Earth. From this, that's why I'm going to blow the tro- shofar over in a moment to release. It's a decree and a release. From this, Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement, a Day of Judgment, and a Day of Grace, depending on what who the Lord is addressing. It's going to be, the, the two words were excruciating and exhilarating. Seven years of excruciating justice, seven years of exhilarating justice. It just depends what side of it you're on. See, it's when the it's when the reveal is made public. He's doing a public spectacle. He's not gonna for those who are hoping this thing just wraps it up quickly on the dark side, it's not. There's gonna be it's gonna be bit by bit, piece by piece, mountain by mountain, nation by nation, area by area. And even for us, we want it quicker, but he is making an open spectacle. He is gonna rub it in their face, the loss that they have. And part of that's to encourage his sons and daughters as well as to this is a season, an extended and expanded season of receiving an anointing, a fresh anointing from him to be a part of his amazing kingdom show, kingdom showtime, open spectacle. One of the you know versions of the Bible, some of you may have an open show. There's an open show of the enemy. We've seen some of it. We've seen bits and pieces of it. You heard, okay, uh, you know, Epstein was exposed. Ghislaine Maxwell's exposed. The Cuomo brothers were exposed a little bit. There's been these uh, progressive exposures that have happened. We've seen Roe v. Wade overturned. There's, it's not like we haven't seen some justice. It's been a year of, of justice already, but this is a whole nother level. This is like, this is like exhilarating justice, excruciating justice, and it all ties in to Isaiah 61. So this is the good news of the moment. Let me, oh, I see our times. And I'm going to let, I want you to comment on all this too, Kelsey, what's in your spirit. But I want to read, um, this got sent to me right before my word by friends that we have about an encounter. And it's real short. Some, it's, I'll just say her name, Margie Long. Thank you, Margie, for sending it. It just absolutely confirmed everything I had on my heart as well. So October 3rd, that's today, right? She mm-hmm. said, this morning I had an encounter with the Lord, and this is what he showed me. The pictures Holy Spirit gave me, what is coming and what has just begun. What is coming is joy. Celebrations all over America and all the builders, In quote. I was calling the builders to get prepared to build in the next three decades. 
I knew there would be three decades where there would be a major push to build. Now I'm going to connect that again to Isaiah 61, building ruined cities and ruined nations. Then the Lord took me back to now, the present, and I saw justice rolling down from heaven like a river. This river of justice came down from heaven and was rolling across this land from sea to shining sea, up to the northern border and down to the southern border, a huge river of justice flowing over America. And then the river turned into a train with a large V plow on the front of it. The train was huge and going fast. It was causing the evil and wickedness to be thrown up and away as the V plowed, as the V blew through the land. The train of justice and truth was forcibly and explosively throwing up the wicked as it barreled across America. The results of the justice and truth train was then seen in the caboose. There was a party. Celebrations were happening. Joy, unspeakable joy and full of glory. The river of justice and the train of justice and truth has now begun. Stand strong. The party is just around the corner. Now, the party is just around the corner. Or you can go ahead. Like I said, some of the women who are friends of Jesus get there first and they get to rejoice ahead of time. They got the commandment to rejoice, you know, way before the disciples were ready to rejoice because they hadn't seen the evidence yet. So this is an invitation from the Lord. It's I absolutely believe that prophetic word. We're right at you know whatever the timetable of heaven is for the next level of reveal. Something that brings us joy is right upon us. But you can go ahead and have it and carry it. It's available. It's just right there if you feel it. Uh, I, I can feel it already. I'm carrying it right now. And and just to close, my mom will just do this because our time's run out. Let me just blow the show for Kelsey and let you do the final words. I see I'm carrying. I've gone long. But this You're is fine. Okay, good. You, the Lord gave you a lot today. Yes. This is to declare and decree that this is the beginning of the Psalm, the Isaiah 61, Spirit of the Sovereign Lord. It's a day of vengeance, but it's a day of favor, a year of favor, day of vengeance. And so this is a release, but specifically what the Lord had me write down someplace. Seven years, seven years of excruciating justice for the wicked. Seven years of exhilarating justice for those who love the Lord. And so you're like, well, I want to get on the right side of this. Love the Lord. Confess your sins. Repent. And if you're one of the really bad ones that's about to face excruciating justice, you don't have to remain in that camp. You can become a target of the exhilarating justice. But this is for us to connect in our spirit, for you to rise and shine, break off any darkness. As I blow the shofar, if you have any remnants of this blindness of heart where you can't believe you carry either a Thomas measure or a worse measure, you just can't connect to what God's already doing on planet Earth. This can help you in any way. So I just release this. Thank you, Jesus. We receive it. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon you. He's anointed you. Every one of you who are sons and daughters of the king, you are anointed. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon you. He's anointed you. Yes, to speak, decree good things, to be a part of a building, restoring 
army on planet Earth to th see things turn from brown to green, to go from ashes to beauty everywhere possible. So receive that in the name of Jesus. Be encouraged by it. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. Johnny, wow. So full of revelation. Make sure you guys read um, Isaiah 61 over and over. Get that word into your spirit. And Johnny, how can people find more about all that? Because you teach on so much here, but you also have other resources. Yeah, of course, Restore7.org. Elizabeth and I will be having, we'll do up for discussion, I think tomorrow. Uh, well, I shouldn't tell you that because it won't be available later until later in the week. Um, that's our scheduled uh, filming of it. And so that's always good. I forget what our topic is, but that will be, um, it will be excellent. So every month, uh, every week, I mean, generally, we, we miss it occasionally. Up for discussion. It's on Rumble, uh, our own Rumble there. And so everything else you find on our on our site. And we just think, I just take advantage to thank all of you who are, there's so many people sending in, besides the pictures and other things, there's so many um, books and gifts and things. And I don't know whether to uh, encourage you or not. I just, I'm so sorry. There, there's too much for us even to process. And I'm, I see some, I go, oh, somebody should tell them they're doing an awesome job. And that's only, I, I have like five minutes maximum to give to each one of these serious works. And that gets sent, but I I I, I love uh, what I see in the titles and the chapters and and things and it's books and works of art and and you know we're getting sent you know grits and flowers and gifts and thank you thank you thank you thank you love all of you wish we had the chance to actually interact over at least ten or fifteen minutes with every one of you and we know some of you actually very important people all of you are very important people there's people running political campaigns. And you're asking for help and, and even people running for governors and 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 people involved in very important things. And you're like, oh, are they too, uh, if you're thinking, are we too high and mighty? No, I, I, you know, I get a report, but it's it's so much that we have to really fine tune. It's not just time. Then we say, Lord, how do we prioritize even, even these things? So we want to say that none of you do we consider it a small matter that you've sent in and some of you've written long, extensive letters, hoping that there could be a response. And and it's just it's it's, uh, you know, just hard to do that. But it's not because we're too high and mighty. We're, we're right. With, we're right there with you. We love what God is doing with you. And then I feel the love of God for every one of you, even on things I can't respond to. So thank you. Yeah. And it's really cool, Johnny, too, because when you get all that stuff, you see like the fruit of what God's doing and you're seeing how it's affecting all the seven mountains where people have books and art and all it's really, I mean, that's, that's really cool. That's really yeah, cool. It really is. It really is. Kelsey. Well, Kelsey, thank, thank you so much for, you, know, you just had to listen. You always have good input from the Lord as well. And, and, you know, any, any last minute thing you want to add to that, I should invite no, you so, to do this. So. so awesome. The only thing I wanted to say was about the day of atonement. So cool. You're talking about Aaron. Tomorrow is the Day of Atonement where the high priest, the one day of the year where he would go into the Holy of Holies, he would wear bells. And if he had sin, he'd drop dead. And so I just thought that that was really cool that you brought up the Aaron thing. God's so highlighting that. You guys study out the Day of Atonement. Um, really seek God tomorrow. I want to encourage all of you tomorrow to spend some one-on-one -on -one time with the Lord. Um, whether that's in prayer and fasting, meditation, um, in his word. Um, make sure you spend 
spend time with the Lord tomorrow because it's just a really special day. And Johnny, thank you so much for being with us. We love you. And we love all of you guys who watch and support us. Thank you for sharing this video. Thank you for supporting us. Um, Even all what Steve's doing with all the wells and how he's restoring uh, water in Uganda. And he's, I mean, that's such a huge thing that you guys are partnering with us to do. So thank you again from the bottom of our hearts. You're making a huge difference in those people's lives. And we know it's because of you guys. Without you, we couldn't do it. So thanks again. And tomorrow, Steve will be back on and he will have Tim Sheets. All Tim Sheets is incredible. You guys do not want to miss that. Love you so much. See you tomorrow right here on Elijah's Dreams. Bye-bye, everybody. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on YouTube, Rumble, and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Click the link in the description to become a partner today.